everyone. Welcome to episode 85 of the Practicology Podcast. Happy to have you with us. This is Mike and Matthew. He's Mike. I'm Matthew. And Mike Summer is concluding. I say it with a little bit of a, you know, kind of choking up in my voice a little bit there. Autumn is around the corner, which brings pumpkin spice and all sorts of other things. But you know one of the other big things that goes along with that, don't you? Back to school. And for many of our younger listeners, I want you to be ready for the alien landing that is taking place at your school right now. Uh, Matthew, um, let me guess. You've been talking to them again recently, and and you happen to know which school they're coming to, or is it going to be multiple landing sites? I know which school they're coming to. Uh, there will be multiple landing sites, many landing sites in every province in Canada, every state of the United States of America, every county in the United Kingdom. Aliens are landing. Huh. Well, we did talk about conspiracy theories last fall, and maybe you should listen to it again, Matthew. But um, yeah, I'm just wondering if you've been hoodwinked by one of these theories, or are you drinking the wrong Kool-Aid these days, or what's going on here? No Kool-Aid. I've had a few cups of uh, lovely tea today, but let me explain what I'm thinking of from Psalm 119 today. Verse 19 in the Christian Standard Bible says, I am a resident alien on earth. Other translations will speak of our being a sojourner or a stranger. And that's a theme throughout Scripture. God's people are looking for a heavenly kingdom, and so we are strangers or we are exiles. We are resident aliens on planet earth. So you're not saying that we're zombies or have scaly green skin with oversized eyeballs, but uh, your point is that we're different. I'm making no comment on your skin condition, but you're right. The point is that a, a student returning to school now that is a, a Christ follower, they're different from other students at their school. And when you as a Christian student have walked into high school or middle school or university, you've carried with you a resident alien status. Well, I appreciate that you're raising this today and just confronting the fact head on that to be a Christian in the world is to be different. The Lord says he's chosen us out of this world and that we are not of the world. So obviously he intends us to be different and that's why he calls us exiles or aliens or strangers. But um, I'm not sure the best way to put this, Matthew, but does that mean we're supposed to be strange? Well, I think that can depend a little bit on the particular context someone is in. On one level, no, we're, we're normal people. We sleep, we wake up, we eat breakfast, go to school or work, we hang out with friends, we've got yard work, homework, and lots of other regular things. And along with that, the goal isn't to be strange, no. The Christian life isn't about trying to see how strange we can seem in the eyes of our neighbors or friends at school. But sometimes we are bound to feel a little bit like an outsider or a stranger or an alien. You were saved at a young age, Mike, so as you reflect on your junior, junior high school or high school or university, did you ever have that sense of strangerness? Yeah, I, I, I think I did all the time, and maybe this is the part where you come in and say, well, maybe not because of your Christianity, <laughs> but, but no, um, I did feel it as a believer, definitely. Uh, it just, I just knew that I was marching to the beat of a different drum, and I guess that's your point. Uh, that it's to be expected, and it's okay for us to be different. Yeah, I certainly felt that way at times, too. And yes, it is okay to be different. And in a culture that embraces more of a mindset that uh, opposes gospel doctrine, we need to learn to get used to different. And it's okay to be different because God has made the Christian different. True, but at the same time, 
It's hard to be different. Sure is, and I found it very hard at times, and so did the psalmist. In fact, I've read through Psalm 119 quite a few times in my life, I'm sure, but just this last time I was struck more than ever by how often the psalmist refers to his struggles, his emotional pain. You see that particularly in the Psalms, but I'm noticing it particularly in Psalm 119 and this sense of oppression from people who didn't cherish God's word like he did. He found it really hard. And the reason I want to raise this with our younger listeners today is you're just commencing a new semester. I want you to gain some spiritual strength from this Psalm because if you don't, I know from experience what can happen. Sometimes the strangeness and that feeling of being like an alien, sometimes it wears you down, it discourages you a little bit. And then maybe to, to help deal with that problem, you try a little bit harder to fit in, to eliminate that awkwardness. And sometimes that leads to some compromises that rob you of your joy in Christ. So what the psalmist did when he felt like an alien around his peers was... One, he took that complaint to God. He does that throughout the psalm. And two, he kept filling his mind with the scriptures and delighting in the scriptures and seeking to obey the scriptures. He says at verse 23 in this section of Psalm 119, he says, Though princes sit together speaking against me, your servant will think about your statutes. He was so resolved to do that. And maybe you've experienced that ostracization or mockery from the princess at your school, the popular crowd, the leaders and influencers in your classroom, and the pressure that comes with that, or the anxiety of it, the anxiety of that increasing in the future. And we want to encourage you to look at this from a biblical worldview, a biblical perspective. Yeah, and you mentioned anxiety there. Uh, We did talk with a Christian brother who is actually a high school counselor. We talked to him about anxiety back in May, June, some episodes there. If you're new or young, uh, you may want to go back and, and give those a listen. It might be helpful. But Matthew, I, I like how you're looking at this issue of the pressure to conform. You're looking at the awkwardness of us being different as Christians. You're, you're doing this from a biblical worldview. So what do you mean there, and, and how can that help us? Okay, well, it's okay to be different. It's right to be different because God has set us apart for himself in Christ, but it is still hard to be an alien at school. So I want to share four things that I pray will help you. Number one, God can use this to make you more like Christ. I'm thinking of Psalm 69, fulfilled in the Lord Jesus, and he says, I am a stranger to my brothers, an alien to my mother's children. So that was the Lord's experience, this strangerness. And Remember, the Lord also sang Psalm 119. This was his hymn book, and he fulfilled Psalm 119 in a way that no one else could. So both in his delight in the word of God that the psalmist expressed throughout this, but also in the ridicule and the criticism he faced for his faithfulness to the word. This was the Lord Jesus' experience. So part of the privilege of being a Christ follower is experiencing something of the rejection that he experienced as he came ultimately to die for you in his rejection. And part of the blessing of having a Savior who walked your path before you is that he can be a a faithful high priest. He sympathizes with you. He understands your pain. He's ready to give you grace and mercy to endure it. So God will use your alien status to make you more like the Christ you follow. Psalm 119 was his experience. Secondly, 
you also aren't the only one walking this path today. You, you yeah. aren't the only alien on the earth. There's many more. Now, you might be the only alien in your school. That's possible. That's why, by the way, you need the fellowship of believers to take advantage of times that Christians get together, make room for that in your schedule. It's a lot easier to walk the different path when you have others walking it with you. Amen. But there are others walking this same path today, other believers. Thirdly, and this is important for us to remember when we talk about looking at this from a biblical perspective, the scriptures told us that this would be our experience. In 1 Peter, that same letter that beseeches us as strangers and exiles, he says in chapter 4, If you are ridiculed for the name of Christ, you are blessed. Let none of you suffer as a thief or an evildoer, but if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in having that name. So God is saying there is no shame in suffering for being a Christian. But it shouldn't shock us then that it will happen sometimes. Now, I don't want to give you a persecution complex and make it seem like it's a lot worse than it is. We have so much to be thankful for in our land. I just, I also don't want you to be deluded into thinking that the world is on side with the Christian message. God tells us that believing the word of God will bring some opposition from the culture. And the interesting thing, Matthew, is that when we feel opposition for our faith, it can tempt us to doubt our faith. But according to what you're saying here, actually it, it can and should and will strengthen our faith because the very experience of undergoing opposition for our faith is itself an evidence that our faith is correct because the Bible said this would happen to us, right? The very opposition we feel or, or face against us because of the scriptures are a fulfillment of scripture. Right, that's excellent. That's a great way to put it. So we certainly don't want to respond to that ridicule by ridiculing them. We want to remember that the Lord Jesus said in Matthew 5, you are blessed when they insult you and persecute you because of me because your reward is great in heaven. So yes, the scriptures are being fulfilled in you take heart. Lastly, you are always right to hold to God's word. That's what the psalmist does throughout this opposition that he's facing. He's holding to God's word. You never need to be ashamed of the Bible. These words come from God. Mike, you recently gave us a message in Halifax about handling the passages of scripture that can cause us some cultural embarrassment. So uh, I would like to hear you turn that into a podcast episode soon but for now let me let me reiterate you never need to be ashamed of the bible god was perfectly aware of our culture when he gave his inspired word you are always right to hold to god's word yeah absolutely and that's what so much of psalm 119 is about obviously i mean every passage is using some word for god's word and showing the author's desire to obey it Right, and the word used in this section of Psalm 119, I'm thinking of this word at verse 24 in the CSB, it says decrees, but it is the word I think is usually rendered testimonies. And when I heard you preach from this psalm a few months ago, you pointed out that that's a word that emphasizes the truthfulness of God's words. Attacks against the Bible are nothing new, friend. It's been the popular thing to do for centuries. But the truthfulness of Scripture still stands. This is the divine revelation that the Lord Jesus himself meditated upon, the New Testament that he gave to his apostles. He's the one who has loved you and died for you and rose again for you, and he's given you his testimonies. They are true words 
and worth holding to. And isn't this what the psalmist says he does when he's facing opposition? Like in this section at verses 22 and 23, he says, Take insult and contempt away from me, for I have kept your decrees. Though princes sit together speaking against me, your servant will think upon your statutes. Yeah, and again, that's actually why he's experiencing the alien status in the first place, because he's holding to the word, but his recourse is to keep going back to the word. He says things like this elsewhere in the psalm. He says, I am insignificant and despised. Maybe some of you feel like that sometimes in your class. Listen to what he says next, though. I'm insignificant and despised, but I do not forget your precepts. My persecutors and foes are many. I have not turned from your decrees. The arrogant constantly ridicule me, but I do not turn away from your instruction. So you don't need to be brash or arrogant about holding to the scriptures. Let the enemy be arrogant, but you can still humbly find strength in the scriptures. Well, thanks for these four points, Matthew. But I'd like to ask you something. Uh, Someone could be listening to this and say, okay, I know you cautioned us about a persecution complex, but aren't you yourself overblowing this a little bit? Like I've come through school and I didn't really have any issues. So what would you say to someone like that? I would say, good for you. You know, that's that's great if you didn't have to face some of these pressures. Not everyone's experience is the same. Some people have some really nice friends at school who respect their beliefs and maybe share some of those beliefs. And so they face few issues. Others have it harder, though. The pressure that comes from the LGBTQ plus agenda has grown exponentially in recent years. The access to and involvement in pornography is way different than the past. And I'm not trying to say today that people's fashion taste needs to be old-fashioned, but some Christians are going to sense some pressure in that area as well, how they, how they dress compared to their peers. So, I mean, for others, it might be some in-class discussions on issues of abortion rights, since that's been in the news lately. So sometimes you might feel like everyone else thinks one thing, and you are an alien from another planet. Well, you're not alone in that feeling. The author of this psalm felt that way. The Lord Jesus felt that way. Like you, they were both born on this planet, but they felt like outsiders because they were. And they were sustained by meditating in the law of God, the scriptures. Yeah, this section of the psalm ends by saying, the testimonies of God are our counselors. Right. There's the ultimate guidance counselor. Appreciate the guidance counselor you referenced a little bit ago that... uh, Josh Smith, and we did the podcast with on anxiety, and I know another brother who has served as a guidance counselor in high school, and we appreciate that, and they would support what I'm saying here, obviously, that our ultimate guidance counselor in life, it's the scriptures. So imagine being an actual alien, and you make a visit to planet Earth with some of your alien compatriots, but you get left behind in an environment that isn't really well suited to your alien life. And if you remain like that, with no connection to your homeland and your fellow alien people, you are not going to survive. Mike, can you think of an iconic 1982 movie that followed that storyline? <laughs> so Star Wars or? Not Star Wars. No, this is, this is E.T. the Extraterrestrial. Okay, sorry. I never watched E.T. All right. And the most popular line from that movie is likely when... E.T., the little alien creature, points his finger out the window up towards the sky, and he says, E.T., phone home. E.T., the alien, needed 
communication with someone outside of this world. And so do you. You're a resident alien. Christian exiles need divine communication to counsel them, to guide them, to help them know truth in a world of confusion because the messaging of the culture isn't the messaging for Christ's followers. God's word is the guidance that we need. I know some of you are going to have some challenging times this fall. Uh, we're going to pray for you. And don't be ashamed of living by the Bible. God will turn around the opposition one day. And in the meantime, may the Lord preserve you and bless you and teach you to delight in his counsel. Well, this has been a strange episode on the strangeness of being a Christian, Matthew, but I, I do appreciate it. It strikes me as we close it off that uh, some of us believers, we need to be reminded that it is okay to be different. In fact, there should be something different, right, about our lives. But yeah, maybe, maybe there's other believers and they need to hear uh, that little bit where you said, we don't need to try to be strange. <laughs> you know, there are, there are some believers that, that could just use a little exhortation that, that way too. We don't, we don't try to be like weird, but we just, we are called by, by God and that gives us a, a alien status in this world. So thank you. And we do pray for you listeners, those of you who are going into uh, high school, elementary school, university, college, whatever, you face a unique pressure and the Lord be with you as you seek to live for him in those difficult callings. And Mike, I, I think a few of us are sort of wondering who you've got in mind with that exhortation, that they don't need to try so hard to be weird, but we'll, we can do that off air, no problem. Yes, that's right. All right. The Lord bless you all. Mm -hmm.